Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We are awaiting... The head coach of the Princeton Tigers, Mitch Henderson, fresh off their upset win over Arizona. He'll be giving us a call from out west where they are prepping for tomorrow's round two game against the Missouri Tigers. Meantime, tonight in Columbus right now, there's 19.7 seconds to go. And the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights, the 16th seed, are, like I said, less than 20 seconds away from shocking the world. They've got a three-point lead on the top seed Purdue Boilermakers trying to become the second one or the second 16 seed to ever knock off a one in the first round. So madness at its finest in March in the NCAA tournament. It really would be incredible if this happens. Um, Not shocked with Purdue losing early, shocked with them losing in this round, to be quite honest with you. Seen plenty of this team this year. I had them going out in round two against the Memphis Tigers, I didn't think it would be fairly Dickinson. And as I just got done saying before we went to the break at the uh, top of the hour, this is an FDU team that is only in the NCAA tournament because of a technicality, which is not something you see every day. They did not win their conference, regular season, or conference tournament. But Merrimack, who won it, was making the transition from D2 to D1, and because of a technicality, they're they're an ineligible for postseason play until next year remarkable and you talk about making the most of your opportunity that is what Fairleigh Dickinson has done here so hey state of New Jersey state of New Jersey are becoming giant killers in the month of March when it comes to the NCAA tournament from St. Peter's last year to Princeton yesterday FDU 11 seconds away from making it happen here tonight really and truly is remarkable so that's number one number two A little while ago, we also found out a report from my buddy John Fanta at Fox Sports that St. John's and Rick Pitino are close to finalizing an agreement that would make him the new head basketball coach of the St. John's Red Storm. And this is only just a couple of hours after Rick Pitino and Iona's season ended, falling to UConn in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Iona actually had themselves a two-point lead at half in what I said and I feel was the best half of basketball so far in this tournament uh, between Iona and UConn. The first half was outstanding, tremendous shot-making, great tempo, but then in the second half it was too much UConn, too strong, flexed their muscle, deeper team, and they won that one in blowout fashion by 24 points, 87-63. to 63. So that's where we are right now, but um, Purdue trying to see if they could tie this game Ten seconds to go. That's a horrible shot. It's going to happen, folks. It is going to happen. 7.6 seconds left. FDU up three, and they're going to the free throw line. Wow, that is embarrassing for Purdue. Embarrassing. Not not to take anything away from FDU, but that's that's embarrassing. Maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe the selection committee was on to something when they left my Rutgers out of the tournament because Rutgers had, you know, as good a win as any team has had in college basketball this year going into Mackey 
and winning at Purdue, handing them their first loss of the season. Maybe the committee had the foresight to say, well, you know what, Purdue's not that good, despite the fact they're a one seed. They'll lose to a 16 if we give them the chance. And you know what, that's what's going to happen here. Unbelievable. Really and truly is. Uh, 800-919-3776. Free throw is good, so it's a two-possession game, 62-58. to 58. This one's pretty much over, folks. Pretty much over with 8.1 seconds left. And I didn't think this was going to happen because earlier there was about 11 minutes left in the game. Purdue had gotten a lead, and I think they got it up to about five or something. And I said, don't be surprised if Purdue kind of goes on a run here, opens up a double-digit lead, and, and puts this one away. And FDU came right back. Look at this. They are not giving up anything. They're not even getting up easy layups. They're swatting things out of bounds. This is incredible. Yeah, five-point game, one and a half seconds left. It is over. It is O-V-E-R. F-D-U. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Basketball history. Again. Second time ever. A 16 beats a 1. UMBC, FDU. That's why you got to love this tournament. That's why there is absolutely nothing like it. So we got that. The other part from baseball tonight, which we have uh, experienced, if you're a Mets fan, you got to love this again. Still trying to process the Edwin Diaz news. Well, earlier tonight in their game down in Port St. Lucie, you had Brandon Nimmo go sliding at the second base, writhing in pain on the ground, had to be helped off the field by Buck Showalter and the trainer, and the Mets released a statement saying it's a right ankle injury for Brandon Nimmo. He's going to have imaging tomorrow, probably once the swelling goes down to a certain extent, and uh, then they're going to provide an update then. So you can't even feel that good about the situation even with the Mets. It's like when it rains, it pours. It, it, it's just unbelievable what is happening to a franchise like this and why they just always can't seem to get out of their way when it comes to the baseball gods bestowing any sort of good fortune on this team any way whatsoever. So those are the big uh, newsy topics. Say that again, uh, Julian? Okay, then perfect. So right now we want to go out to the guest line and bring in, as promised, he is the head coach of the Princeton Tigers, and he was the first New Jersey school to pull off a shocker in this NCAA tournament because it's a final now. FDU knocks off Purdue by five. Incredible, the madness of March. We're glad to have him on the program from out in California. It's Mitch Henderson, the coach of the Princeton Tigers, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Coach, it's Dan Grassa here. Thanks for joining us. Congrats on the huge win. How are you? I'm doing great, Dan. And listen, I'm, I apologize. I, I know I'm supposed to be on just a little bit earlier. I got carried away watching the end of this game here. The Jersey, Jersey magic is alive. What FDU, What is it about you know? And I'm a Jersey guy, Coach, so I, I'm, I'm loving this just like you, even though I'm a Rutgers guy, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, from you guys to St. Peter's last year to FDU, I mean, what is in the water in the Garden State here that makes this such a special time here in <laughs> I March? Don't know, What's but, going on? You know, I, it's, um, it's not unexplainable. I, I, I'll say this, like, um, you know, you, you, neutral court, um, you know, all the kids that play today, they've, they're not afraid of the big, big teams and the big boys. Um, my guys, similar to the FDU guys, you know, we're you're you just um, you're just not afraid of the moment. And then also, you know, you got to be what got you to the tournament. And, and usually, the, those teams, everybody's good. And I don't know. I I, I just uh, puts a big smile on my face. I'm really happy for them. And of course, we were thrilled last night with our win. 
No doubt about that. Now, you have a, diffi a difficult balancing act as a head coach because this isn't like, for example, football where you play one game and then the next game isn't for another week. I mean, you got to turn right around today and start preparing for mm. Missouri because you got a big one tomorrow. So, like, how long does the euphoria of that win from yesterday expire to where then you have to focus your attention and worry about round two? You know, it's, it's a good question. You know, in, in our league – we play back-to-backs uh, on the weekends generally in our league. So we're used to Friday-Saturday games. Now, of course, you know who your next opponent's going to be, so you tend to you know, use the whole week to prepare for both games. But this, this extra day in between feels really nice to us. Um, you know, it gives us a little bit more time. And we, we put a lot of time into Missouri today. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just relaxing here at the hotel. Our women's team – uh, plays tonight at seven in the women's tournament. I also think it's important. You just, you got to, you know, you put the work in and then you got to just go play and have fun and enjoy all the, all the, the madness here. Mitch Henderson, the coach of Princeton, joining us. They're on to round two of the tournament. They'll take on Missouri after their victory over the two-seed Arizona Wildcats yesterday. Take me back to the game yesterday, coach. I mean, if you didn't see any of the game and you just look at the box score, you guys shot four twenty-five from three. You only took five free throws, and yet here you are, and you won the game. I mean, if I would have told you that before the game, did you think you'd be standing there on top with a victory? Uh, absolutely not. And you know, but but they took seven free throws, made four, um, and and they didn't get their transition hoops, which I think that was the, our big focus going into the game was to keep them off. Uh, you know, off and running. And, uh, and I thought we were going to have to have single digit turnovers. We ended up having 11. Um, I just, it, the, the last four minutes of the game was really like where we got it done. We were down 10 with eight minutes left and chipped away. And then once we grabbed the lead, the, you know, you get the crowd on your side too. And it's just a, a, a Sacramento where we are, it's just a, a really cool sports town. They love their hoops and, um, you know, we, we were pulling from, from uh, all the different energies we had in the gym. They should light that beam up like they do after the Kings win games there for you guys after you <laughs> pulled off that type of an upset. That would have been yeah, pretty exactly. cool there. How about defensively? Yep. I mean, a a Arizona, anybody that's watched college basketball this year, I mean, Arizona, you can make the case legit. They're a top-10 offense probably nationally with how much mm, firepower yeah. they have. How do you hold that team to 55 points? I don't, you know, the – we have a uh, a group. And I know this is a little bit of a longer answer, but four weeks ago we lost at home to Yale. We we coughed up an 18 point lead. It was a really difficult loss for us. But you sometimes learn quite a bit when you lose in a dramatic fashion. And after that game, we just locked in. The guys really locked in on defense. They knew that that was the ticket. We have some very physical. Um, interior guys that love to that don't mind getting physical and being physical. Um, and then we, we used our double teams at the right times. Um, and, and you were giving up a huge size advantage as well. We scored more points in the paint than they did. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, you know, that that's really what, I don't know. It just, uh, I, I think there's just a, there was an extraordinary will to win. And I thought we just had a little bit more of that towards the end. You know, uh, the dangers of being in a one-bid league, like you guys are, of course, in the Ivy, I think oh. everybody recognizes that going in. But, you know, you can't really be surprised, and people that followed your team for the last couple of years can't be surprised at the success you're having. I mean, you know, you guys won the regular season last year but came up short in the conference tournament. So the fact that you're back at this point again, regardless of who you beat yesterday, but just in terms of the season as a whole, I mean, you guys were expected to have a pretty good season. 
You're, you're spot on. You know, so this win is the culmination really for us for, of two years. Um, mentioned last year's team, you know, we were, we won the league outright, and came up short in the championship game. And that was all that was on our mind for an entire year was getting back to that game. And, and then the second part is, you know, you're fighting for your life the entire months of January, February, March, just to get to the, to the conference tournament. And then, you know, even on this last Sunday, we were, you know, we, we thought yet to punch our ticket. And so you're, you're playing such incredibly meaningful games all the time in our league. And I think the league's really well coached. That's a very difficult league to win. And, uh, you know, I know the stage is bigger and the opponent's name is bigger, but we, we don't feel that way. We, we, we had a lot of confidence in ourselves. Mitch Henderson, coach of Princeton, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. They're taking on Missouri tomorrow in round two of the NCAA tournament. How about for you? Because, you know, the school, that was their first tournament win since 98. You were a player on that team. And I had forgotten, coach, just how good you guys were that season. I mean, you finished eighth in the polls, for crying out loud, when it was all said and done. Like, you know, that was 25 years ago a bit, but I, I, I had failed to remember that you guys were really that prolific that season. But what does it mean for you to be able to not only do this at your alma mater, but to bring them back to a place that they hadn't been really since, you know, you were wearing the uniform? Yeah, and when you coach here and place where you went to school and played you you know it's not lost on me and it's definitely the charge is to be a great steward um and i feel it extra more deeply than uh, maybe most would you know just because of the life changing uh, you know princeton changed my life Mm -hmm. and um so it means a lot to me to to more more to me to do it now as the coach, because, you know, I, I realize like, you know, that team that you mentioned we, was a really special group, but um, I've been coaching for a long time. You don't always have groups like that. And and so that's why this team being the way, where we are right now, it's, I'm just savoring it so much. And I'm appreciative of how hard they've worked for us. And um, I just think, you know, you, you, when you're a student athlete, you sort of think the whole world is kind of right out in front of you, you know, and, but mm-hmm. you, there's, you forget it, how, how unusual it is when you're doing something special. You you don't realize that until you get a little older. Now, a couple of years before that, you were on the team also in 96. That was another 15 that beat the two, the defending champ UCLA. And that was of coach, you know, with coach Carrill, who was still on the sidelines, the images of him going up and down. And, you know, we just lost him last year, unfortunately, of course. But, you know, was coach in your mind at all yesterday as you guys were finishing off that upset and maybe a little bit on into the night? Yeah, I've been getting asked that a lot. You know, Coach, after he left Princeton, was out here in Sacramento with the Kings for a long time. Yep. Um, we, you know, definitely, we're wearing a bow tie patch on our uniforms, which is, you know, Coach used to wear a bow tie while he was coaching the Tigers. And um, he would be very happy and proud of this group. He, he uh, absolutely loved Princeton basketball and um, considered himself a giant killer. Mitch Henderson, coach of Princeton, joining us here on 9870 ESPN. Somebody mentioned this to me, you know, talking. I was, you know, about the team, and we we're going to have you on the show tonight. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was, he was drafted as, uh, as a pitcher by the Yankees once upon a time. I was like, what? So you were drafted, and baseball was also in your career. You have to give me a scouting report on Mitch Henderson, the pitcher. Tell me about that. I was, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, was, I was more of a center fielder, and um, – yeah, I loved baseball. I had gotten you, – you'll, you'll appreciate this. 
Yeah. I got drafted in the, the 1994 June draft. Got from the Yankee calls. Yankees calls me and was like, "Hey, we just drafted you. You know, what are your plans?" So I was like, "I, I was like, well, I've been accepted to Princeton." And he, before I could say anything else, he goes, "Go to Princeton," and he hung up. <laughs> 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 <So> <laughs> I, 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 um. I appreciate the way you said that. I, you know, I was I was better, uh, probably a better basketball player, but I absolutely love baseball. I played one year at Princeton, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, that, that was a lot of fun. It worked out for you. I'd say it worked out for you with the career path, but that is a great story. Go to Princeton. I, I, I get a kick out of that <laughs> yeah. one here. All right, how about how about this one tomorrow here with Mizzou? I mean, it doesn't get any easier. I mean, mm-hmm. you just got through with Arizona. You look at this Mizzou team, and, I mean, I know the SEC is a football league, but they got some pretty darn good schools when it comes to the basketball as well, and they got yes. a couple of guards in Kobe Brown and Hodge. I mean, they can really fill it up. What type of challenge do you have on your hands tomorrow? Well, you mentioned earlier we made four threes in our game, and Hodge made five by himself against Utah State. Um, he's one of the best shooters I've ever seen. Um, they they are uh, just terrific. Um, I think really well coached. They they play a style that you know turn. I think they're fifth in the country at turning people over. Um, they all can shoot it. You just mentioned two of their really good players. They're going to challenge us in a lot of different ways. Really different matchup than, than Arizona for us. Uh, but like like Arizona, they have to guard us too. We've got Tosan Awoman, who's a very difficult kid to match up with, and uh, you know a resilient group. So we'll be ready to go tomorrow. I think it should be a fun game. You have a nice balance on your roster. You mentioned Tosa. He's one of your seniors, of course, but you got a few seniors, juniors, right? I mean, like, but you would consider yourself primarily a veteran group, even in this crazy kind of transfer portal, guys moving around in college. You have a veteran crop, don't you? Yeah, I mean, so I start a freshman. Um, I, I would, I, yeah, I think veteran Tosan, Ryan Langborg, Matt Alaco have all played a lot, of, a lot of minutes for us, but not nearly as veteran as Missouri. I, I mean, I think they've got, it's like seniors across the board pretty much um, and some 50 year guys. So it's a, it, they're they're We know that they're going to be absolutely fearless and, and, uh, and, and, you know, they've got a ton of experience. So but we've been playing with, with great stature. And I think that's what you have to do at this time of the season. Should be another great one, coach. We'll be rooting for you from way back home here. Really appreciate a couple of minutes. All Thanks right. for hopping on tonight. Enjoy the rest of those games tonight, and uh, good luck against the Tigers. Tigers and Tigers. Hey, that's, that's awesome. Thank you guys so, so much. All right, be good. There's Coach Mitch Henderson of the Princeton Tigers joining us on the program. They got Missouri coming up tomorrow in round two of the NCAA tournament. It, is, it really is just crazy. I mean, like the fact that in the aftermath of – you know, an even bigger upset with FDU knocking out Purdue like they just did here by five tonight. I'll tell you, this tournament's off to a great start. It really is. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. We'll get into Knicks. I said we wanted to get into that earlier, but then the way this game was unfolding, it kind of threw everything out of whack. Dan Gross' show, we roll to the top right here on 9870 ESPN. Hey, this is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. In the first four the other night in Memphis, that earned them a trip to Columbus and a date with the top seed, Purdue Boilermakers. And in case you're just joining us, FDU shocks the basketball world again. They knock off Purdue 63-58 to to become the second 16 seed ever to beat a number one seed. Remember, UMBC knocked off Virginia years ago. And look, that's the beauty of when you talk about this tournament and college basketball versus, you know, when you make the differentiation between this and, let's say, college football, like why those upsets don't happen on the football field. Because football, it's a physical game. Games are won and lost in the trenches, right? So if you had the football equivalent of, let's say, okay, does, I don't even know if Fairleigh Dickinson has a football team. They, probably, they may, okay? But if you took FDU's football team and put them on the field against Purdue's football team, a Big Ten school, where, you know, their offensive linemen weigh over 300 pounds and they basically are, you know, a buck 50 by the time they start the second grade, you know, they, they, they spot these kids early, the game would be a laughing stock because they would just get mauled on the line of scrimmage. They wouldn't be able to provide any sort of resistance. But in basketball, and especially in college hoops, you know, it's super possible. Especially if you're shooting lights out from three. You know, the other team, even though they're getting good looks, if the shots aren't falling like that happens, that's why you see these upsets from time to time. You know, and precedent has already been made. Like it happened a few years ago. That's why... This really can't be all super shocking because I think it's going to happen again at some point. Like, these aren't going to be the only two 16s that ever beat a one. It's going to happen again just by the pure nature of the format and college hoops. And remember, a lot of these teams now, for example, these mid-majors, mid-majors are getting guys, maybe not to the extent of like an FDU, but a lot of these mid-majors, why they are giant killers and why you had, you remember, like Florida Gulf Coast going all the way to the Elite Eight the one year, and George Mason went to the Final Four. Butler, once upon a time, went to back-to-back national championship games because a lot of them end up having players who were once initially recruited by Power 5 schools, right, and were thought to be pretty prolific coming out of high school, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out at that school. You know, they were behind on the depth chart, you know, a variety of reasons. So what they do... They transfer out to take a step down in terms of the pecking order. They go to a mid-major. They're able to start. They're able to play. And they're able to go out there and do some good things. So I, that's why this tournament has as many upsets as it has. Right? And it's not just the Blue Bloods against the Blue Bloods. That's what makes it fun. 
really and truly does. So good stuff there. The other big story tonight, Patino to St. John's, at least according to reports. See if that indeed comes true. Also, the baseball stuff that we mentioned earlier with Brandon Nimmo. Uh, left the game, right ankle injury, was down on the ground, sliding at the second base, writhing in pain. After the game, Buck Walter said that Nimmo was optimistic that the ankle injury is not serious. The doctor didn't feel x-rays were needed. He'll still get an MRI tomorrow. So that is the best news that any Met fan could have possibly hoped for when talking about their center fielder and talking about a guy who, let's face it, they can ill afford to be without. And if it is indeed said to be extremely minor and it's not the end of the world, good for the Mets. They could use, they could use some good luck. It goes without saying. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Still haven't talked Knicks yet. We're going to do that when we return. And it feels like the Knicks have been like on a bye week or something. Right. I mean, since they came back from the West Coast, but they're back at it tomorrow afternoon against Denver. We'll talk about that when we return. Dan Gross's show till the top right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 9 a.m. Eastern time, and I think we're going to do a bonus half an hour, too, on the back end because you got Knicks basketball. Uh, coverage will begin at 1230. Is the Knicks, hey, you know what? The Knicks are actually going to play games again. They're going to resume their season. How about that? There's a novel idea, right? They've been off since they came back from the West Coast against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, real quick before I get into the Knicks, Julian was just telling me on the ESPN Bracket Challenge that maybe some of you have gone on and, you know, submitted a bracket. There were 20 million brackets, right, Julian? 20 mil? Yeah, there's over 20 million brackets made. And coming into today, there was only, how many were perfect? So before FDU Purdue, there was 22 left that were still perfect. Wow. And mine was not one of the 22, full disclosure. Um, and then after the Purdue game, there are now zero. <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is it, the great equalizer. It's called a 16 seed knocking off an Uno. And now you got no more perfect brackets. And, again, congratulations to FDU and uh, Coach Anderson. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to him maybe over the next couple of days before they got to go back out there and take on the winner of Memphis and Florida Atlantic. Both of those teams are sneaky good. They're both sneaky athletic. Um, and, I, like I said, I thought Memphis would find a way to get through, and I thought Memphis would be the ones to beat Purdue in round number two instead. Not going to be. Uh, Knicks. Got to feel good about the Knicks, don't you? Like where things are right now, especially the way that they salvaged things on that West Coast trip, right? It looked like it was going to start a little ugly for them. It did start ugly for them, right? Losing those first three games, Randall was scuffling. Randall was bickering with his teammates, with the assistant coaches on the sidelines on Saturday afternoon in L.A., and you're saying to yourself, like, why, right? Why, why is this happening? And, oh, by the way, Brunson wasn't in the lineup. The guy who was the most important Nick of the entire season 
was not in the lineup, and he didn't know when he would be able to get back in there after re-aggravating the foot injury. So then all of a sudden, something flipped on Sunday. Same building, different opponent, and they beat the Lakers. Randall has a huge game, breaking out of his slump, still no Barrett. Then they go out to Portland, and they start out rough, can't make any shots again. And then something just flipped. You're down 16 points. And then it was the second unit in that bench which got them out of the lurch, and they went on an incredible run in that second half, second half and cruised to a very routine victory. And now you got a few days, and the rest really came at the best time possible because of not just Brunson, but I think that all these guys can use a little bit of a breather, especially the likes of a Julius Randle. Because Julius Randle's played in every game this year. And the subject of load management and guys taking nights off, that had been such a hot topic right over the last few days and over the last few weeks as to, well, here you are 71 games into the season. Why doesn't Tom Thibodeau start to employ the same type of strategy that the rest of basketball does? Why are you playing your stars? Well, you know what? Maybe Julius Randle doesn't want it that way. And you could sit there and say all these different things about him and, you know, criticize his game and all these other things. I am never going to sit here and criticize a player, especially in this day and age, if it's somebody that wants to go out there and do his job and answer the call night in and night out. And that's what Julius Randle does. Him and Isaiah Hartenstein are the only two guys on this team that have played in all 71 games. I mean, if you find somebody, you know, a lot of these other divas in the NBA, they want to, you know, they want like a medal of honor just for going out there and playing three games in four nights. You know, then they want like a week vacation afterwards. Not the way it should be. And a lot of these players, you know, like Josh Hart spoke out about it a couple of weeks ago, and and they're a 1,000% right. And I'm not going to sit here also and blame Tibbs. You know, Tibbs is of that old-school mentality. And if he feels he needs to maybe dial it back a bit with some of these guys, he's going to do that. Because one of the things that Tibbs was saying the other day was that, you know, it's not just about the minutes that you see a guy play in a real game, right? There's other components to this thing. He mentioned practice and how do you know what he did at practice and how do you know how much he was on his feet there and, you know, doing all these other workouts and so on and so forth. They have a good handle about how much they're pushing these players on a day-in, day-out basis, more than you, more than I, more than any of us do. And I think that I would defer to the coach in these type of situations more than anybody else. But the contributions that you're getting from some of these other players, you know, I I just – I know I sound like I'm the president of the fan club, but but what more do you need out of Josh Hart, really? What like what more do you need to see from Josh Hart to where this guy is in the conversation to like some of the best midseason acquisitions that the Knicks have had in quite some time? The guy fits this team perfectly, what he does, and you can talk about all these statistics and all the numbers and how he you know fills up the box score and both ends of the floor. I just look at the one that stands out more than anything else, and that's 11-3 and because that's the Knicks' record since they got Josh Hart. You know, that'll take you a long way more than anything else. Winning games. Is, I mean, that's the ultimate objective, is it not? That's why you're there every night. That's why you get paid what you pay. It's to win games. And Josh Hart has helped this team do that. Now you got a Denver team coming in tomorrow that is, yeah, they're number one in the Western Conference, but – They're night and day when it comes to playing at home versus playing on the road. They are an average team at best on the road. So you got to like the Knicks' chances tomorrow. There's no reason why they shouldn't win this game. I don't care if Nikola Jokic has a quadruple double. Knicks should win this game tomorrow and take care of business. And it seems like there's this growing trend that Jalen Brunson might be able to play. The only problem with that, though, 
And, and again, I'm not there. I'm not their doctors and trainers. I haven't seen Jalen Brunson. I just don't want to have a pattern happen the rest of the season like we saw the other night in Sacramento when he re-aggravated the foot, right? I don't want to keep going down that road. you got 11 games left in the season. I don't want this to be, hey, Brunson plays, then he takes a step back, then he's going to sit for three games, then he's going to try to give it a go again, but then he's going to re-aggravate the injury, and then we're going to miss him again for four or five days. Can't do that because then it's the playoffs. I mean, if Brunson doesn't play, seriously, if Brunson doesn't play another game in the regular season and the Knicks are still in good shape playoff-wise, like if they're either, you know, five or six, that, that's okay. That's really okay because the Knicks don't have any shot of beating anybody in the playoffs if this guy is not going to be healthy. He has to be as close to 100% as possible. And right now, I mean... We were going through it the other day, the schedules. Like, the Knicks' schedule is manageable the rest of the season. It's manageable. You know, Denver, Minnesota at home, then at Miami, at Orlando, Houston, Miami at home, at Cleveland, which is the big one on March the 31st, which is two weeks from tonight, Washington at home, at Indiana, home or um, at New Orleans, and then home Indiana. But then you look at Cleveland's schedule, and we pulled that up the other day. Like, Cleveland's schedule is really, really favorable for them. So you're going to be able to make up that ground because right now you're two back in the loss column. They're winning tonight, by the way, the Cavaliers. They've got a 15-point lead with about four minutes left against Washington. I mean, Cleveland has a really, really favorable schedule. So it's going to take two to tango here. The Knicks are going to have to play above their heads, and Cleveland is going to have to lose some games that maybe you wouldn't expect them to lose. But look at some of these. They have two games in Brooklyn consecutively, the Cavaliers, next Tuesday and Thursday. All right? Split them, whatever. Then home Houston, they stink. At Atlanta, home Knicks, home Indiana, two at Orlando, and home Charlotte. I just don't know if I see a ton of losses there for the Cavaliers. And if that's the case, Knicks aren't catching them. And one of those losses has to be that matchup on the 31st. Has to be if you're the Knicks. But maybe at this point of the season, you maybe don't fully concentrate on trying to catch the Cavaliers for fourth and you're just worrying more about maybe Brooklyn that's immediately behind you, right? You're only one game ahead of the Nets in the loss column. Knicks can beat the Cavaliers. Even if they don't have home court advantage in the series, the Knicks could beat Cleveland in a 4-5. I don't want to take my chances being the six and having to take on Philly or even potentially Boston in a 6-3 first-round matchup. Okay, that is one that I really would not feel optimistic about. So if that's the case, five, four, just hang on to that spot where you are now and make sure Jalen Brunson is healthy. Now the other question is too, before we go to the break, when Brunson comes back, whether it's tomorrow or one of these other games, what is that going to do in terms of impacting the rotation? Right, because it drives you crazy a little bit. Deuce McBride, you know, he has to pick and choose his minutes. You know, he's not getting consistent minutes. It's, you know, the other night he ended up playing a lot because you had no Jalen, and he had a career night. 18 points, he had four threes. But when Brunson comes back, is McBride going to be basically an afterthought again? Is he going to be a guy who's playing like five, six minutes, if that? Right? So, like, that would be my only somewhat gripe with Tibbs, and that would be 
expand the rotation a little bit. Just because you get a guy back doesn't mean like one guy has to go into witness protection. They even sent Jericho Sims to the G League over the last couple of days. Not because they're going to leave him there permanently, but just because the Knicks aren't playing. They want him to get minutes, get some reps, and you know he gets to go down there and play in Westchester. Jericho Sims was a guy who was starting games. Starting games while Mitchell Robinson was hurt. And now he can't get off the bench. That's what drives me a little crazy with the rotation stuff, where I'm trying to process everything. But winning cures a lot of that stuff, too. All right, 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Taking it till the top of the hour, then it's Anita right here on a Friday. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>